it, rick it, rick it, rick it. Get down to business. This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday. Welcome in. It is a Super Bowl edition. Just when you thought four straight days of Super Bowl talk. Heck, maybe nine straight days of Super Bowl talk was enough. No, I'm going to do it as well. I'm here in Des Moines, not in Glendale, Arizona. Hopefully you're having yourself a great day. The game in two days, and I have been saying Super Bowl 56 for five straight days. And Kira, you have just corrected me. It is Super Bowl 57. Thank you. Off and running. Off and running on a great start. Can't even get the the number right. But hey, Eagles, Chiefs, going to be awesome. Going to talk about Jalen Hurts uh, and hear from his college head coach. And not the one in Alabama. No, Lincoln Riley. Uh, also... I don't know if you heard this, but there's two Kelseys in this game. There's a petition going around to have their mom be the one to do the coin flip. Now, it'll never happen. The NFL always gives that to somebody, with all due respect to Mrs. Kelsey, somebody more important. Um, Mrs. Kelsey is a wonderful woman. She's very important, but I'm sure there's some mega donor from a beer company or a car company or whoever's the, the overall sponsor of the Super Bowl or whoever. That person or somebody within the organization usually gets that honor. So we'll get to a lot of different stuff. Also, I was driving around yesterday listening to to ESPN Des Moines, one of the national shows. I was on my way picking up uh, stuff from Target, actually, for my Super Bowl party. It's White Claw. Uh, So I was was picking some supplies up for the weekend, and I heard an interesting conversation on the night show with uh, Amber and Joe, Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh, one that when I was working in Kansas City, and I, I, I moved up here to Des Moines in 2019, so this was four years ago, and then years before that, people have been wondering, why doesn't Eric Bieniemy have a head coaching job? There are a lot of reasons, there are a lot of factors, but I don't think people understand the obvious answer. I know it's not that. I'll tell you what it is coming up in just a bit, but the game that, and you know what, here's, I know there are a lot of people that don't have a ton of interest in this one, but just want the game to get here because you want to watch it. You know what sucked last weekend? You know why? There was no football. It was the first time we didn't have football. Don't tell me about the Pro Bowl. It was fine. Pro Bowl was fine. I told you it was going to be fine. It, was, it wasn't great. It's never, ever going to be great. It's the Pro Bowl. It's a joke. And I know there are a lot of people that want the game, the Super Bowl, moved to Saturday so we can all have the day off. I would like to have the game moved to Saturday or at least moved up three hours because I want the game to get here. Like, I am jacked for the Super Bowl because this Super Bowl, on paper, if you're not an Eagles fan or you're not a Chiefs fan, this Super Bowl on paper actually has the makings of what should be one of the best Super Bowls that we've seen. Now, I say that one team's going to win 65-4, to But I think, like, last year, on paper, Bengals and Rams looked good. Game was pretty good. Wasn't a great Super Bowl last year, but it was good. Came down to the final few possessions uh, in that game. Some questionable calls from the officials. But you look at what we have right now and how even these two teams are. I can't wait for Sunday to get here. And I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm not an Eagles fan. I spent a lot of time living in Kansas City. I have a lot of friends who are Chiefs fans. Um... I absolutely love watching Patrick Mahomes play. Who doesn't? Maybe if you're a Broncos fan or you're a Raiders fan or you're a Chargers fan or whatever. But 
I probably am rooting in my heart for the Chiefs because I have more friends who are Chiefs fans. I only, I think I know one Eagles fan. I think my buddy Andy, who I met living in Milwaukee, I think he's living in Indiana now. I don't know. I don't know any Eagles fans. You know, I'm here in the Midwest in Iowa. There's not a Philly, a lot of Philly transplants here, here to Des Moines. But on paper, and you can talk about the playoffs and how the upset or this upset or the Giants go to Minnesota and exposing the fraudulent fools, gold Vikings. And then there was the idea of the coin flip, you know, Kansas City and Cincinnati and Buffalo and the controversy surrounding who's going to win and where the game's going to be played. And they would play the game in Atlanta. And then, you know, we got all that said and done, all the guessing, all the prognostications, all the hoopla, you know, what we get, we get the two one seeds. We get the team that was the best in the AFC against the team that was the best in the NFC. So seeding, wild cards, you know, Dallas with their big win at Tampa, ending the GOAT's career, the Niners, you know, steamrolling people, then Purdy's injury. You know what we got? And I don't think I don't think the Niners were going to beat San Francisco. I'm sorry, the Niners are going to beat Philadelphia anyway. But we got the two best teams. And that's what you want, I think. You know, last year, did we get the two best teams in football? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think the Rams were the best team in football last year. I don't think that Bengals were the best team in football, but they were playing the best at the end of the year. Especially when they went to Arrowhead and they won. So I think now I feel confident saying we have the two best teams from the NFL regular season making it to the Super Bowl, which is what you want. We have the two highest rated quarterbacks in the NFL in Mahomes and Hurts. And I think if Hurts doesn't get hurt late in the year, he may have won the MVP. Mahomes won the MVP. When you have two teams that were both 13 and 3, they won a couple of games 14 and 3, excuse me. They won a couple of games in the postseason. The uh, Eagles went through the Giants and the Niners. The Chiefs went through the Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And here they are. They were 14 and 3. Both teams. 14 and 3. Would you believe this statistic? These two teams that both won their division, both won their conference, both hosted playoff games, both won a couple of playoff games at home. Would you believe that they have both scored 546 total points this season? How incredible is that? Well, it doesn't matter how they got there doesn't matter if they played in the AFC West or the NFC East. Both teams in their 17 games plus the postseason have scored 546 points. It is the first time in the history of the Super Bowl that the two teams that are playing have scored the same amount of points. That's incredible. That is maybe the stat of the year. Both teams have six pro bowlers on their roster. Both teams have a Kelsey. Billy's got Jason Kelsey on their offensive line. The Chiefs have Travis Kelsey, the best tight end maybe ever. Both have MVP candidates. Only Mahomes is the MVP. It may have been Jalen Hurts if he doesn't get hurt. I mean, these two teams are so, on paper, evenly matched. Now, I will say the gauntlet that the couple of playoff teams that Kansas City had to play, a little tougher, including, you know, the game against Joe Burrow and company, a little tougher than the Giants and the Niners, especially after Brock Purdy's elbow got hurt. 
But that doesn't take anything away from what the Eagles have accomplished. And I'm not taking anything away from what the Chiefs have accomplished. This is the matchup that we wanted. We, you can have your upsets. I wanted my Packers to sneak in, catch lightning in a bottle, go out a magic carpet ride like they did back in 2010, 2011. Didn't happen. And I don't think the Packers were going to have much for the Chiefs if they were to see them. They had a little something for the Eagles late in the year. But no, this is what we want. We wanted Eagles. We wanted Chiefs. We want the two best teams playing. Of course, if you're a Cowboys fan, if you're a Jets fan, whatever you might be a fan of, you wanted something else. But as general football fans, we're going to get what we get. And we get star power. We get Patrick Mahomes, who, I, I mean, it's it's unbelievable the amount of postseason and regular season success Mahomes has had. His first five years in the league, he's made it to the AFC Championship game I think, what, four of the five years or whatever? Like, something ridiculous. Now, three Super Bowls with a chance to win his second? He's absolutely unbelievable. Led the league in passing this year. Now, that might not be a stat that Patrick Mahomes wants going into the Super Bowl. Because here's a a stat for you. Dan Marino, Kurt Warner, Rich Gannon, Tom Brady twice, and Peyton Manning. Those five quarterbacks all led the league in passing yards, and they all lost the Super Bowl. No quarterback who has ever led the NFL in passing yards has ever won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was your leader this year in passing yards. Mahomes won the MVP this year. The last eight MVPs have lost the Super Bowl. I'm going to run through some of that coming up in just a bit. The last guy to win the Super Bowl and the regular season MVP in the same year, Kurt Warner in the greatest show on turf in the St. Louis Rams back in 1999. Unreal, right? So I, if you believe in trends, you know, Patrick Mahomes may not be, you know, the guy you want to hit your wagon to, but Mahomes is Superman. Mahomes is above and beyond everybody. I mean, just ask his tight end, Travis Kelsey. In any good team sport, you know, the reps, the, the opportunity to get the reps and to be able to, you know, dial in exactly how we want to attack somebody in a certain situation. Understand all those those certain situations throughout the game and all the important situations. Um, and then on top of that, just having the, the ability to, you know, trust that guy and, uh, and making anything happen. And, and, and we all know Patrick Mahomes is the king of making anything happen. And if that ankle is at or near 100%, A, I'll be very surprised because... You know, he heard it two games ago and then played in the in the Buffalo game. And then he played with it. Sorry, the Jacksonville game. And then he played with it against the, uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. And he didn't look great. I mean, his arm looked fine, but he didn't look terribly mobile. If I'm Philadelphia, I'm doing the same thing, man. I am testing out that ankle. I want to see if he can throw. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, at Mike Wicket, During the Jacksonville game, I sent out a tweet. And I think I've sent this tweet out before, but I've sent out a lot of tweets, so I can't quite remember. Why is Travis Kelsey always open? If you watch the Chiefs games, and you probably do, there are a lot of Chiefs fans around here. We get a lot of the Chiefs coverage from CBS here in Des Moines. If you watch the Chiefs offense, somehow, someway, the greatest pass-catching tight end in the National Football League, and maybe of all time, Mahomes hits him seven, eight, nine times. 
And he's always open. And I don't get why, other than his greatness and the scheme. But still, if you're a defensive coordinator and you're going into a game with the Kansas City Chiefs, isn't your plan, shouldn't your plan be figure out a way to slow down that guy? Make Juju Smith-Schuster beat me, all right? Make Marquez Valdez-Scantling beat me. I'm okay if I get beat by MVS, but you're not going to beat me with Travis Kelsey. And then the dude has 14 catches for 95 yards and two touchdowns, and you're like, how the hell does this happen? How is he always open? Patrick Mahomes was asked that very question. I think at the end of the day, it's like he's like the sneakiest guy on the football field. It's I don't know how you can be 6'6", uh, 250 and be the sneakiest guy out there, but it seems like even when the play is not called for him, he ends up being wide open in the right spot at the right time. And so he has a great understanding for coverages. He has a great understanding of how to win versus man end zone. And then uh, he, he starts moving those shoulders and he gets real low, and all of a sudden he's wide open. So uh, it's, a, it's a blessing for me. He's 6'6", 250. He's not a little guy, <laughs> right? Like if Jarek McKinnon sneaks out on you, okay, I get it. The dude's 5'10", all right? I get, he's a monster. I mean, he's the fight for your right to party guy. You know, we played those sound clips a lot last week. But why is he always open? They must have read my tweet because then they took my tweet asking the same question and they actually asked Travis Kelsey, why are you always open? Why am I always open? I say it all the time. Andy Reid, baby. Big Red. He, uh, he, can, he can dial some stuff up at the right time, create some things at the right time. On top of that, you know, uh, everybody is doing their job. It's not just a, me just go out there and get open kind of play. I'm sure you guys like to think that, but uh, there's a lot of madness to it. There's a lot of guys doing their job for the big picture. And I'm fortunate that I'm, uh, I'm playing here for sure. Coming up, uh, there's a really special relationship between that guy and the guy we heard right before. It's it's Mahomes and it's Travis Kelsey. And you're going to hear why Andy Reid says those two guys are so close. And then Max Kellerman right here on this radio station said something that I didn't believe until I started thinking about it, about Patrick Mahomes. And you'll hear that next. I'd rather shop, hunt, run, bake, fish, bike, read, dance, swim, write, knit, paint, hike. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. This is Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Happy Friday to you. Coming up tomorrow, triple header of basketball. Uh, the Drake men take it on Southern Illinois at 1230. Then we got Duke and Virginia. Some ACC hoop for you as the journey to the tourney continues. Lakers with uh, the new all-time scoring king, LeBron James, taking on the Golden State Warriors Sunday uh, before we get to the uh, the Super Bowl, of course. We've got the Drake women, followed by Memphis and Boston. So if you want basketball, you want live sports, we got live sports all weekend right here on ESPN Des Moines. Hello if you're watching us on the Facebook page. Leslie has mad at me. Leslie says, you act like you didn't live in Kansas City. Where is some red, some Chiefs red for once? I'm rocking my Milwaukee Bucks hoodie today that my mother-in-law got me. This is, you know, Bucks made a big trade yesterday. Brought in Jay Crowder, the missing piece to a title. I, I might pick the Chiefs. I don't know. I've, I've already gone through reasons why I can and can't pick the Chiefs. But we do get to watch greatness again. And I love watching greatness. And I love watching Patrick Mahomes. And Leslie, as I said earlier in the show, if you're just joining us, I've got many friends still in Kansas City. And I, I am rooting for the Chiefs, which might be a kiss of death. But I am rooting for the Chiefs. 
to win this football game for all my friends, for my friends in Kansas City. Because we're watching, you know, the ascension of, of Patrick Mahomes. Not just becoming great. We all know he's great. You don't win two MVPs in five years if you're satisfactory or if you're Nathan Peterman, all right? We already know Mahomes is great. The offense for him is perfect. The, 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 the teaming up with Travis Kelsey has been absolutely perfect. Andy Reid, a perfect fit. Sitting behind Alex Smith, a perfect fit. It, it just seems like it was the perfect scenario for Patrick Mahomes to become great in the National Football League. And a lot of that has to do with his relationship with his tight end. And his head coach, Andy Reid, even talked about Mahomes and Kelsey being BFFs. He has a great relationship with our quarterback. Those two are on the same page. They see the defenses the same way. Uh, they're best friends on the field and off the field. Uh, that, I guess, helps, too. You, you want to be, if you're a receiver, you want to be friendly with the quarterback, for sure. And, and Travis, you know, Travis is, uh, he, he studies. He comes off like a nice, funny guy and happy-go-lucky, but he studies like crazy, and he knows defenses, um, and he can and he can see and and react to them quickly uh, d- during the game. When I was down in Kansas City, I was working for a station doing some pregame and postgame work uh, for the big sports talk station down there. And I remember we were getting ready. It was in the preseason. It was his first year starting, and Alex Smith had gone on, I think, to the at that time the Washington Redskins, now Commanders. And uh, I remember we were doing a, a, we were watching a, a preseason game against Atlanta. And I remember watching Mahomes and you're like, you hear about all the hype. And I never was fortunate or called upon to go to Chiefs training camp. That wasn't my job. But I remember watching Mahomes roll out to his left, fired the ball, and it was in the air for 65 yards. And he hit Tyreek Hill in stride two yards shy of the goal line, touchdown Chiefs. And Pete Sweeney, who does a lot of work down there, and I were, we looked at each other, and it became called, it became known as the throw. Because we didn't know how good this kid was going to be at the pro level, other than the one game in Alex Smith last year as the starter in Kansas City when he looked good against Denver. But it's week 17, you know, whatever. But that throw showed you the unbelievable talent that he has. Now, Zach Wilson has one of those throws in shorts in a building where nobody's rushing him. When Mahomes did it, guns blazing in a preseason game, but still guns blazing at him. That's when you kind of were like, oh, my. And then I think he threw four or five or six touchdowns in his first game or something like that. Like, you just watched him. And it was like, he exploded. Absolutely exploded. They go to the AFC Championship game. They lose to Brady the first year. They go back to the Super Bowl the next year. They win. They beat the Niners. They lose the following Super Bowl. Like, I, it's all kind of it's all kind of mishmashing in my head. But he's been to a lot of AFC Championship games and Super Bowls for a guy in his fifth year. Fifth year. Now, Max Kellerman from Keyshawn J. Will and Max here on ESPN Des Moines said something that I don't think a year ago I would have believed, but now I do. Wayne Gretzky is usually not compared to other hockey players. He's compared to athletes in other sports. Once upon a time, this is a million years ago, Babe Ruth was the same thing. You, he was compared to athletes in other sports, not baseball players. And that's Michael Jordan. 
is he the Jordan of the sport? Mahomes has a chance to be in that category. He does. He absolutely does. I mean, we're talking about a guy in his sixth year now, and he's got he's got two MVPs. He's been to two Super Bowls. He could have a third. I'm sorry, he could have a second Super Bowl ring. He's setting all kinds of records. He's doing Herculean things on the football field. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what Patrick Mahomes is doing. And and if you ask Dan Orlovsky, and I agree with this too, if let's say Mahomes decided after Sunday's game, win or lose. I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. Not going to happen. Don't worry. Brittany won't let him. But if, if, if Mahomes decided, I'm done, he's already etched a bust in Canton. If Patrick retired today, he's likely in the Hall of Fame. What he's accomplished, he's gone to five straight conference championship games. He's got two MVPs. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's gone to the Super Bowl three out of the last four years. He's broken statistical. He's doing things historically we have never done. I don't want us to fall into this three, four year or three, four decade conversation of, well, the quarterback always has been and always will be tied to the ultimate end goal. I don't like when we do that. I don't think it's fair to a position that is the most dependent position in all professional sports. Patrick Mahomes is trying to go get a Super Bowl. But for me, it has nothing to do with the legacy, so to speak. That is right now very much so cemented as it comes to an individual player. I mean, I... I'm a Packers fan. Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the most talented thrower of the football ever. He will never have the resume and the trophy case that a guy like Tom Brady has. I think what we're seeing is the evolution of Rodgers to the next version, and that is Patrick Mahomes. Rodgers isn't a running quarterback, but he can run. Rocket arm, precision accuracy, arm angles, doing all the stuff that Brett Favre used to do. Patrick Mahomes is that, and seemingly seemingly on his way to catching Rodgers and and going over and above. And what a perfect marriage it has been. I'm going to say this again. Mahomes could not have fallen into a bet. What if the Bears would have done the right thing and drafted, and we didn't know, but what if the Bears would have done the right thing and drafted Patrick Mahomes instead of Mitch Trubisky? Is Mitch Trubisky a better quarterback because he played behind Alex Smith for a year? And he played for Andy Reid. And he played for Eric Bieniemy. Is Patrick Mahomes this good if he were to play for the Chicago Bears? I. It's one of those questions that I'm sure if you're a Bears fan, you're like, shut up, Wicket. I don't want you to even speak about that. But it does make you wonder. And I, I, I'm telling you right now, we are fortunate to be able to watch the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes for the next Seven, eight, ten years as an elite quarterback? How old is Patrick Mahomes? How old are you, Kara? 26. Mahomes is 26 years old. Brady's 45. (laughs) All right. He's 45. Now, I don't expect quarterbacks to play as long as Tom Brady. All right. And I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to win seven rings. But he's going to be on his way if he pulls it off coming up on Sunday where he and Travis Kelsey and the rest of the Chiefs going up against Philadelphia. Oh, by the way, there are two Kelseys in this game. I'm not sure if you've heard that or not. There are two Kelseys in this game. Travis Kelsey and his brother, Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey said something kind of cool this week. You know, there's there's the Kelsey family, and then there's the other family he's playing for. 
We keep trying to draw it back to, you know, we have our obviously our family, but we're also playing for two families. We're playing for the Chiefs and the Eagles, and we've both been uh, with both of these organizations for a long time. We have a lot of personal connections with people on the team and the organization in the city. Um, so I think uh, we're, we're brothers, but, you know, for a while, we're for, for this next game, we're going to try and be as much a part of those families and, and enjoy that moment as much. It's got to be tough for, for Donna Kelsey to keep getting asked the same six questions. Who are you going to root for? What are you going to do when one guy wins and one guy loses and all that crap? Also, timeout. Where's Ed Kelsey? Why is nobody paying attention to Dad Kelsey? Does anybody know where Dad Kelsey is? Was Mom out there throwing the football around with Jason and Travis when they were seven? Where's Ed Kelsey? Where's Dad Kelsey? That's what I want to know. All right, back to Donna. She was at the NFL Honors earlier this week. When they were hosting him, Michael Irvin uh, actually asked her one of those questions that I'm just like, oh, man. what do you do when you're rooting for two families when you know or two guys in your family that, you know, one of them is going to lose? The plan is, is to scream really loud every time somebody has a ball. <laughs> every time somebody has the ball, because both of the boys are on offense. That's all you know, and that's all you care. Mom, how, 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 how has this experience been, though, to see both your boys here? You know they worked so hard. <laughs> it's just amazing that they've been able to both get to this point in their careers and to both enjoy this Super Bowl together. It's just amazing. Yeah. And it's so amazing seeing you guys here. I was just talking to your boys, you know, Barry, my mom, and we had such a great time talking about all of the Super Bowls, and you guys are getting to experience it together. It's just a great moment. I don't think you're going to see Michael Irvin on any more coverage this week. He has been, uh, I want to say, temporarily dismissed or suspended. There's there's some allegations coming out against Michael Irvin. It's probably the last time we're going to hear from Mike on on TV, maybe. Who knows? I have no idea. Back to the Kelseys real quick. Um, it's got to be cool, though, to be playing against your brother. And here's Kansas City's Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, talking about he wouldn't get this far if it wasn't for his brother. I wouldn't be here without my brother. His uh, competitiveness, his uh, his leadership, um, there's no way I'd be here without him. No, that's, I mean, that's got to be cool. And I'm... You know, people are going to be like, you know, who are you, you, who's mom rooting for? Mom doesn't care. Mom's going to, mom will probably feel more emotion for Jason if he loses because Travis already has a ring. Travis Kelsey already has been to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. I'm sure she would like to have her son have that same feeling. The other son have the same feeling. That way, I mean, it just, it balances it out because who knows if Philly gets back here next year. I have no idea if Kansas City is going to get back here next year. But I bet in her heart, Mom 51-49 pulling for the Eagles. But she probably doesn't really care. Coming up, uh, we'll talk more about the Eagles, including a ridiculous statement from Dan Orlovsky, somebody who I truly think is great on ESPN. But he said something ridiculous. I'll tell you what that is coming up. FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. I'm Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World. Talking about the Super Bowl coming up in a few days. Don't forget, we have got live sports all weekend long. A lot of hoop here on ESPN Des Moines. 
where you're home for the Drake Bulldogs. Saturday, the Drake men at Southern Illinois. Check that at home against Southern Illinois, 12.30 for the broadcast time. Duke and UVA at the Blue Devils and the Cavaliers at 2.30 tomorrow. And then uh, Lakers and Warriors at night from the NBA. And then on Sunday, the Drake women are at UIC, 12.30 for that, followed by Memphis and Boston as the NBA is now past the trade deadline and things get real. So the Eagles come into this, and I don't know. I I think, Kira, when we go back and we review our incredible preseason predictions, because they're going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Everybody makes predictions, but not everybody goes back to see how dumb they are. Mm. You and I will do that, all right? I I don't know who you had winning the NFC East, but I know I had the Eagles (laughs) winning the NFC East. But I don't think I expected the Eagles to be this good. 14-3, they both, you know, they were fantastic, even with Jalen Hurts getting hurt at the end of the year. Hopefully that shoulder is good, like between Mahomes' ankle and Hurts' shoulder. You want them both to be right if you're a fan of neither team. Because you want them at 100%. And going into this game right now, ESPN, Sal Pal, Antonio. Sal Pal says this squad feels pretty confident. Well, I think the Eagles feel pretty good from what I'm seeing from the team. And the, the evidence is there. Their, their practices, uh, energetic, crisp. Nick Sirianni has been extremely impressed with how they have approached their, uh, uh, their week here. And so have I. You know, been around this team a long time, and I got to tell you, the guy who sets the tone and sets the pace is Jalen Hurts, and he's got this team buttoned up. Did you realize, and I don't know if I knew this, and I I realize what Lincoln Riley's offenses are and what he did at Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts threw for 3,851 yards. His one year at Oklahoma in Lincoln Riley's offense. 32 touchdowns, 8 picks. He also ran for 1,300 yards, 1,298 to be exact, and scored 20 touchdowns. Jalen Hurts accounted for 52 touchdowns his one year at Oklahoma? I don't think I knew that until I looked the stats up earlier today. That's unreal, man. 52 touchdowns he accounted for. And again, I know what Lincoln Riley's offense was. They throw the ball all around that spread offense and watch out for it to actually catch some serious fire next year uh, when when USC gets year number two under Lincoln Riley. So who needs this game more? Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes? Now, Mahomes already has two MVPs and a ring. Like, I don't think if anybody looks is looking at this team, they're going to be like, well, uh, that Mahomes guy, I'm starting to have doubts No, 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 no. I think for a lot of the haters and the doubters, and I agree with Sal Pal here, he says Hurts needs this game more than Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to say Jalen Hurts needs it more because he gets benched in Alabama and, you know, doesn't get to lead his team to the championship the way he wanted to. He did not win the Heisman when there was a lot of people who thought he should have or could have. Mahomes has already won it. I'm going to say Jalen Hurts. Yeah, again, 52 touchdowns that senior year. You could probably argue he should have won that uh, that Heisman. And and this was the soundbite I mentioned before the break. Coming up here. I like Dan Orlovsky. I think he does a really good job breaking down film when you watch him on ESPN. But I think this is a bit of a ridiculous statement to make about Philadelphia. I think if the Eagles don't become a dynasty, it's a disappointment. The, the way the roster is built. So in 2020, this was a bad roster. 
Howie Roseman rebuilt this roster in two years. And to RC's point, that they have got a, a, a great young nucleus. They've got two first-round picks this year. Jalen Hurts is only, we, we have never seen a, Jalen Hurts stay, stand still. He's never plateaued yeah, in the true. six or seven years we've watched him play football. He's only gotten better. If you expect dynasties, and if you say anything short of a dynasty is a disappointment, you're not paying attention to the NFL, all right? There, there aren't dynasties anymore. The Bengals, or the, the Bengals, the Patriots had a dynasty, and that's it. Tom Brady is the exception to every rule. The Patriots are the exception to every rule. Maybe if the Chiefs win this thing, you can call this the Chiefs era or whatever. But there are no dynasties. If you're expecting a dynasty out of Philly, you're going to be tremendously disappointed. It's just the way it goes. I mean, look at Cincinnati. Everybody thought Cincinnati, Burrowhead, they're going to run this thing back. They got all the weapons in the world. They're about to lose T. Higgins. And I asked last week, how good is Joe Burrow when he doesn't have the best wide receiving core in the National Football League to throw to? Jamar Chase is not going anywhere. Tyler Boyd's cheap. They're going to let T. Higgins go. They're going to maybe sign him, trade him, whatever they can do. They cannot. You can't afford, even with the raised cap, you can't afford to pay two guys at your wide receiver spot $30 million a year. Heck, I'm not even sure you should pay one guy $30 million a year, but the Bengals can do it right now because Joe Burrow is cheap. They're going to have to extend Jamar Chase. They're going to have to give him huge money in a couple of years. Are you going to be able to pay both T. Higgins and Jamar Chase that kind of money and Joe Burrow that kind of money? I don't think it's going to happen. and I don't believe that there are really dynasties in the National Football League, the way that the cap is set up where everybody, the, the, the NFL is set up for everybody, used to be to go 8-8, eight and eight, but now for everybody to go around 9-8. and eight. The better teams win 14 games, the more well-managed teams win 14 games, and the teams that have the worst general management and salary cap management, those teams go 4-13. and 13. That's the way it goes. It's not... In it, it's just not like baseball, where the big spenders generally win. Richest teams, biggest TV contracts in baseball usually win. Big markets usually win in the NBA. But in the NFL, everybody is set up to go 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight. And eventually, like look at Green Bay. They're paying $60 million to Aaron Rodgers next year, potentially. You don't have money to spend on big-time wide receivers. It, it, it's just the way that the NFL is set up. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, by the way, I want to get to a bunch of stuff here on Hurts because I got a lot to say about Eric Bieniemy before we get out of here. Uh, I I respect the media. I like to think that I'm a member of the media. I used to be more intertwined in sports media than I am these days, doing the show over on Laser every morning. Sometimes the media asks really dumb questions, and maybe this is the best week for dumb questions. It's the most media. They don't. Not everybody that's there on media day is, is an NFL person. Do not ask this question to Jalen Hurts because I love the first second. The question was, is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback you've ever faced? I mean, he's, he, he's up there. I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely great at what he's doing. He's been really good in his career. Um, I have a lot of respect for him, him being a Texas guy. So it, it'll be a fun one. I mean, you, you can tell just the first second of that. Kira, can you play the first second where he laughs? Is this the best quarterback you've ever faced? I mean, he's, he, he's up there. I mean, I mean he's, come he's, on. 
give me a break. What kind of question is that? What do you want him to say? No. You want to, are you just at, no, no, I played better. I mean, he's faced Brady. He lost to Brady in the playoffs last year. Is this the best quarterback you've ever faced? Give me a break. Uh, here's Patrick Mahomes on Jalen Hurts, who, you know, you watch not only on the field, but what Hurts has done as a leader is very impressive. I mean, there's a lot. I, I would say the biggest one is leadership, man. I mean, the way he was able to step into that that uh, locker room, into that team, um, and, and take over and, and be that leader, it helped. It helped him be back in this game, and um, it, it it says a lot for a, a young guy to come into a locker room with a lot of veterans um, and become that unquestioned leader. And so, uh, obviously, he can do he can do so much and throwing and running and everything like that. But I think the leadership is what's what's gotten him to this point. So there are lessons that can be learned from all of these final four playoff teams, and especially these last two teams that, as a Green Bay Packers fan, I would love my team to learn from. And one of those is, don't be afraid to make a draft day trade for an established stud. I don't know how many teams called the Tennessee Titans for A.J. Brown last year on draft day or leading up to it. I don't know how many offers they took. And I don't know if my Green Bay Packers picked up the phone and called Nashville and said, hey, What's it going to take to get A.J. Brown to Green Bay? Now, I'm not sure they could afford him after they moved on from Devontae Adams, but I digress. But that is a lesson you should be able to learn. If you're my Packers or any team, don't be afraid to bring in a superstar wide receiver because this offense for Philly was good last year. This year, they were elite. And Jalen Hurts became an elite quarterback because of A.J. Brown, who for the most of the, for most of the year was a top five wide receiver in the National Football League and knows that Jalen Hurts has a lot to prove. He really wants to be great. I can say like he hears the doubters, but uh, he's driven from like within. His mindset is on another level. He's always listened to Tom Brady something on, on the Internet or watching Michael Jordan highlights. He's just on another level. I mean, he just that guy right there is the difference between losing a wild card game last year and playing in the Super Bowl. One, sometimes one wide receiver can make all the difference. And as a Green Bay Packers fan, I would have loved to have, I don't know if they picked up the phone or if Tennessee took the first offer and they're like, wait a minute, you're going to give us what? And they made that draft day trade because he opposite Devontae Smith and you have uh, Dallas Goddard at tight end and the three-headed monster behind Hurts. That offense is scary. And that is one of the reasons why I'm leaning towards Philly in this game. Outside of Chris Jones, no one on Kansas City's defense scares you. All right? Everybody on Philly's offense should scare you. The quarterback, the offensive line, the two stud wide receivers, the running backs, the tight end. That, I believe, is where Philly has the the, the, the real advantage. Philly's defense is also very good. All right? They brought in Gardner Johnson in the in the secondary. You know they have a nasty pass rush. Brandon Graham played well this year. Can Philly get Mahomes off his mark and force some punts, force some three and outs, get off the field and get the ball back to the offense? I believe that's where the advantage lies is the Philly offense against the KC defense. I think Philly's defense matches up pretty well as one can against Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and that offense. So we shall find out. All right, coming up. I heard a conversation yesterday that I wanted to jump into. Now, I spent some time in Kansas City. I know the love for Eric Bieniemy. I know the love for Andy Reid. What people may not understand when they ask the question, why can't Bieniemy get a job? I think I have the answer, and it's next. 
1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Hello if you're watching on the Facebook page to Dan and Eric and Michelle and Dave. Appreciate you very much. Thank you so much. You can always follow us uh, on Twitter at ESPN DSM and get the latest at ESPNDesMoines.com. If you missed any other parts of today's show, uh, we'll podcast it for you, ESPNDesMoines.com, and I'm sure I'll tweet it. Follow me at Mike Wicket. Here's a trend for you. The team that has worn the white uniforms in the Super Bowl the last 21 years, the white ones, 18-3. and So when I said earlier I'm leaning Eagles, guess who's wearing white? The Chiefs. So maybe I got to come back to the Chiefs side a little bit. No clue. No idea what to do. Literally no idea what to do. (laughs) This is such an evenly matched Super Bowl. Uh, I'll have a prediction if you care. Coming up, I mean, what good are predictions? But I'll have mine. So I was driving around yesterday listening to this radio station. And the night show here on ESPN Des Moines, uh, Joe and Amber, Joe Fortenbaugh and Amber Wilson. And one of the, this conversation comes up a lot. And I know there are a lot of people who are Kansas City Chiefs fans who are often wondering the same question, although some don't want the answer to come to fruition. And it is, why can't Eric Bieniemy get a head coaching job? He is the offensive coordinator under, you know, Matt Nagy did it, got a job. He's Andy Reid's OC. Why can't this guy get a job in all of these openings? All the, the hiring cycles. And Eric Bieniemy, with this offense, as the coordinator, can't get a job. I mean, here's Amber Wilson. She can't figure it out. I understand what Mina's saying, this idea that how much of it really is Biennemi. You're giving the credit to Andy Reid. But, I mean, we've seen that before. Like, nobody in San Francisco was crediting Mike McDaniel with the brilliance there. It was always, you know, if you knew about him even, if you were really even keyed in on him, it was always, oh, well, he's Shanahan's right-hand man. It wasn't he's more important than Shanahan. It was still always Shanahan's offense. And by the way, Mike McDaniel has a head coaching job. I mean, it just seems strange some of the jobs that we've seen given out to these coordinators in the past and then the biggest of all of them with the most accolades in the last six years isn't part of the coaching carousel every year. I I don't really fully understand it. I mean, I don't know if it's an interview issue. I, 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 I don't get it, Joe. I can't explain it. I really can't. All right. So she's talking to Joe Fortenbaugh, her co-host. And here's what Joe had to say. Guys who sat on the same airplane as Sean McVay got head coaching jobs. Right. So it has nothing to do with whether or not he's responsible for Patrick Mahomes or not. It has nothing to do with that. I mean, there are so many guys that McVay got jobs like Kingsbury. How did Kingsbury get a head coaching job? He didn't even job? win in college. <laughs> he didn't win anywhere. He had Patrick Mahomes in college, and he was actually worse than the previous regimes that were there. Like, there's no reason for him to get that job. But I don't want to digress. Whatever it is, it's something we don't know that hasn't been made public. There's clearly something with Eric Bieniemy as to why nobody wants to hire him. I'm going to go the opposite direction and clue you in on this. I believe that this will be Andy Reid's last game as the head coach if the Chiefs win. Bieniemy has been told, I believe, for the last few years, you're the guy when I'm done. And whether that's one year, two years, three years, the last couple of hiring cycles in the National Football League, the enemy's had some interviews, you know, maybe something catches for the enemy. But if you're Eric the enemy, would you rather take the chief's job? Would you rather wait for the chief's job considering 
how young Patrick Mahomes is and how good Patrick Mahomes is? Or would you rather go deal with Kyler Murray? If you're Eric Bieniemy, would you rather wait around for the job to open up? Because Andy Reid's not getting any younger. I'm not saying he's going to die anytime soon. But would you rather wait for that job as Mahomes is in his prime? Or do you want the Houston Texans job? Would you rather coach Patrick Mahomes from 26 to 36? Or do you want the Indianapolis Colts job? They hired Jeff Saturday. All right. What I'm trying to say is Eric Bieniemy knows, A, he's got the golden goose at a young age. You know, the Denver job, I don't know if Russ is cooked. And I don't know if he was interested in the Denver job and Denver. But you've got an aging quarterback in Denver. All right. Arizona, you have a problem child quarterback. The Texans are going to go with the rookie, and who knows how good a rookie is going to be. And usually after three years, those first-time head coaches are gone if a rookie's not going to get it done. The Colts are a disaster of an organization. What if Eric Bieniemy is looking at this saying, I can hang out for two or three years. I can make a million dollars a year or whatever Eric Bieniemy's salary is. I can sit here and continue to learn from a Hall of Fame coach. We can win games. My resume gets bigger and bigger. I never have to buy a drink in the city. of. I don't have to buy a single burnt end, pay for one burnt end in all of Kansas City. And then when Andy Reid's done, here's the keys to the castle because of the relationship that the enemy already has with Patrick Mahomes and has with the rest of the offense. Like all of these people like Joe and Amber and respect them for their job and their take because it's a common take. Why does nobody want the enemy? What if the enemy doesn't want to leave? What if you're happy in Kansas City? I live there. It's a great place. All right? We only moved out of Kansas City because we got pregnant with twins less than a year than the first one was born. Less than half a year. We had three and 50 weeks. All right? But everybody trying to figure out why nobody wants to hire Eric Bieniemy, the dude might actually enjoy coaching young Patrick Mahomes. If Mahomes was 36 and not 26, the next five years is going to be a little tougher. Look at Russell Wilson. Look at Aaron Rodgers. But you get Mahomes. Has Mahomes hit a prime yet? Has he even hit his prime? He's 26. He's going to lead- He won the MVP last night. I think the enemy is sticking around because he knows that at some point, Andy Reid is going to be done. And I believe if the Chiefs win two days from now, he will be done. That he gets the keys to the castle and can continue on the trajectory with Mahomes becoming a goat. That's my answer. Stop trying to say nobody wants to hire him. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. All right, I promised Kira, our producer. So, Kira, who, <clears throat> Kira, are, are you ready? Tell me about the big sports news going on in your world. Because I know there was a big trade that happened, and I don't think you want to talk about Kevin Durant. I don't think that's the deal you really want to get into on Kira's radar. Go. Okay. So the St. Louis Blues. Oh, God. Uh, Hockey? Hockey. This is where you wanted to go? It's hockey. Cross this off my list. Go. Uh, Okay. The St. Louis Blues (laughs) made a big uh, trade yesterday. They are trading 
Vladimir Tarasenko. If you follow hockey, you know this. And if you follow the Blues, you're as heartbroken as I am. And I'm. Sad. We like Tarasenko. We love Tarasenko. Sayonara, Tarasenko. Sayonara. All right. Where'd he go? Do you know who uh, he... New York Rangers. To the Rangers. Okay. For uh, what? When they get back? We are getting a we. first round. <laughs> we. She's using the we. I'm so sorry. She's like Paul Allen or from the Vikings. <laughs> we. Uh, the Blues are getting a first round draft pick in 2023. Okay. And All a right. fourth round draft pick in 2024. Is Tarasenko a good player? He's. The Blues. <laughs> the Blues aren't doing great. But yes, Tarasenko is one of our better guys. He's a franchise player. Oh, old awesome. guy, young guy? Young. Young? Uh, got a first round pick for him. Yeah. There must be somebody in the minors they're expecting to come up and mm-hmm. and, and take over. So. Oh, Will Bitten. <clears throat> Will Bitten. <clears throat> Uh, Got that? Will Bitten. We are also getting right. Sammy Blaze, who's a left wing. His He used to be a St. Louis player. His, some of his best seasons were with St. Louis. Welcome back, Mr. Kata. And Hunter Skinner, who is a defenseman, and that's all I could find. That's not close enough. All right. Big hockey minute there with Kira. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, of course, the NBA trade deadline went down. Kevin Durant, the biggest story. A lot of other stuff happened. My Bucks traded for Jay Crowder. Missing piece. Can we talk? about the other big NFL story that happened this week. And that is my guy, Aaron Rodgers. How much time do we have to talk about Aaron Rodgers? We technically have a minute, but it's fine. I want to talk about this so bad. (laughs) So Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. Do we have time to play it? Yes. Okay, here's here's 12 talking to Pat McAfee about his, you know, the next couple of weeks. But I think it's going to be important to get through this week and then to take my, uh, you know, my isolation retreat just to be able to contemplate all things my future and then uh, and then make a decision that i feel like is best for me moving forward and in the highest interest of my happiness what's isolation retreat we're just going into a cave it's four nights of complete uh, darkness what you're not locked in no you can you can leave if you, if you can't do it you can just walk out the door it's a darkness retreat i've had you know a number of friends who've done it and had some profound uh, experiences and it's something that's been on my radar for a few years now and i felt like it'd be awesome to do regardless of where i was leaning after this season so it's been on the calendar for for uh, months and months and months, and it's coming up in a couple weeks. I love how he just says it in passing in the very beginning. <laughs> Play the very beginning of this again. Well, I think it's going to be important to get through this week and then to take my, uh, you know, my isolation retreat just yeah. to be able to. That, that, yeah, just take my isolation because everybody has, oh, yeah, I got to get my socks packed. I got to clear my <laughs> mind. I got to go on my isolation retreat. Part of me thinks Rogers is just trolling us because the ayahuasca thing didn't stop people he was talking about a cleanse two years ago, and it comes out both ends, like for six oh, days or okay. something. And now the isolation retreat where he goes into a hut with two food slots for four nights, and there's no phones. It's just darkness. There's no way, right? There's I don't no know. Way it's I actual, don't, I don't like, know. solitary confinement. I don't have any idea. He's going to be at a resort. No, with, no. I think he's weird service. enough to do it. And props to him. Like, don't we all want to figure out who we are and find ourselves? Don't we always say that? Like, I believe that Rogers truly is. He has the ability to go and do things that we can't. I have kids. So, by the way, an isolation retreat in darkness sounds amazing and quiet. Sounds great, actually. But I, props to Rogers. If this is how he has to find himself and make himself happy, we're all trying to figure out ways to make ourselves happy. And if this is what he's got to do, cool. He's not hurting anybody. I I can wait. to As a Packers fan, I can wait to see if he wants to play, but good for him. All right. Uh, 31-26, Eagles win. Who are you taking, Kira? Kira, who are you taking? 
the Chiefs. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Be safe. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>